Welcome jurors to Dueling Advocates, where everybody gets an advocate. In today's case, we will evaluate the loss of scientific artistry in computer programming. Yeah, that's gone. That, that disappeared the moment hardware started to gain in, in power and speed. There was no longer a need for computer programmers to spend hours thinking about the most efficient way to create something or working around some other limitation or to get an effect that they wanted out of the computer. Now, you know, everything has already been done for them. They have unlimited hardware capability. Uh, they have unlimited storage, unlimited electricity, unlimited pixels on a monitor, and they already have all sorts of algorithms and functions pre-built in. They have all sorts of dynamic link libraries at, at their fingertips. There's, there's really no room left for any sort of artistry in programming. Now it's just, what, what do you want done? Okay, it's done. That's it. I mean, so I, I kind of get what you're saying, but I disagree with it. Because oh, what, what we're surprise. seeing is, is it's changing, not actually gone, right? So if we look on, let's say, video game programming. Before you had your small screen, you only had a few pictures, a few colors. And of course, they had to be smart. That's where, you know, pixel art came in because you had to push those pixels around and you couldn't really make a, a beautiful character, human-like or anything. So you had to work with what you did. And of course, creativity played a part in that. Now, in future days, now we have the ability with the technology the way it is right now to create almost lifelike animations. So it's grown as opposed to actually just disappeared. So from your statement with, you know, before when you had to the garbage collection and everything, that's no longer a thing because you're right, you have way more resources at your disposal. But that doesn't mean that art is lost. You have programmers creating amazing programs still. Nah, I'll prove it to you. What type of video games did they have in the past? I mean, Mario, Zelda, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. So they had, they had a top-down, you know, uh, strategy-style games, real-time strategy like Command and Conquer, whatever. Mm -hmm. They had first-person shooters. They had uh, third-person view adventure games like RPGs. You know, and I'm not, and that's not even that long ago. That's just like with yeah. The last I was about 10 to years. say, if we go further back, remember you had Duck Hunt. And Mario, those yeah. are the ones that you started. Yeah, yeah, we have all those 2D things, whatever. And yep. then, then you have these other games, yep. right? Now what do you have? VR, AR. No. They tried VR, and they just sort of gave up on it. We still have VR. Nah. There, there are nope. VR games coming out Nobody's right now. using VR. There's like 10 people that use VR. Well, that's 10 people showing that you can use VR. That's fine. We'll get to that in a second, uh, the problems with that, right? So, so everybody's playing the same thing. First-person shooters, mm -hmm. uh, third-person role-playing games, uh, top-down, command-and-conquer-style strategy games. And that's it. There's no creativity left. All they do is they change the colors. Everybody's using the same engine. You know, everybody uses the Unreal Engine or, or whatever other engine that they have. Yeah. There's like two or three and that's it. So nobody tries to make anything new or better or, or interesting or original. It's all the same things reskinned over and over and over again. That's not true. I mean, if you think uh, even the top MMOs out right now, World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy, they both use their own engine. No one's big AAA companies aren't using those engines that you're talking about. Those engines you're talking about 
are being primarily used by indie developers that Whatever. are coming up. They have their own engine. Yes, but so their, engine works, their, their engine works exactly the same way. It makes the character move in this direction. It responds to this keyboard. It's the same thing. But you see, and that's where I think you're the one taking away from the programming, the, the art and everything behind it. Because what the new changes, which may not be visible to you, is, hey, you know what? Now, when you're shooting someone from... 10 yards, 20 yards, you have recoil built in now, and you have precision. Those are things you never had in the past when you yes, were playing Yes, they had all of those past. things. No, you yes. didn't. Yes, I remember with, with Counter-Strike, you had Yeah, recoil. but Counter-Strike isn't that long ago, but before that, so that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm telling you, that's why I'm saying. So when did it die? That's why specific. I, I told you exactly when it died. That's why I didn't go back further than 10 years, because as soon as we hit that unlimited amount of resources with hardware, storage electricity, pixels on a screen. So 10 years ago. That was it. We're done, right? So okay. now you're, you're telling me all these these games and, and everything. It's the same thing. And it, and it goes into things that are, are other than games. For example, if you want to collate data and you want to you compare uh, this type of data with that type of data, you would put it in into what? Like a spreadsheet, right? Yeah. Okay. So we've had spreadsheets since the beginning of, of computing. Mm -hmm. So where's the new fancy spreadsheet? Maybe to do it in a way where it's, it's three-dimensional and, and, it, and it does the calculations for you automatically or anything. It does, they, they don't exist. No, well, in terms of the data manipulation, that's a little bit different, right? Because if it's a spreadsheet, take it out of a spreadsheet, you can put it in databases. If you don't like databases, we've had the development of key value stores, which operates similar, but we've it's, had it's all a of these things. But that's the thing. When we're talking about data, if it's working, companies aren't going to change it. There's no drive to change it if it's working. And spreadsheets work. Spreadsheet gets the higher-ups what they want. So there's no drive to change that because it's doing its well, job. Well, drive is part of what I'm saying. Everybody has created things up to this level, and now they just don't care anymore. But, but that's where I say you're... That's where we disagree because, again, we can try to skip over AR and VR, but that is a push into the future. No, they, they, nobody wanted it. Look, they pushed. You even had Google looking into it, and you have Oculus, and you have all these other things. I even remember at a strip mall a long time ago when I was a kid, that's how long ago I'm talking about, there was a game called Dactyl Nightmare where I had to get into the machine and it was virtual reality. And I thought that was super cool, and that was the end of virtual reality. They tried to make a comeback in, in the last one or two years, and it failed. Nobody wants virtual reality, and nobody wants to push to make people want virtual reality. The new riffs are still getting sold out, so I don't know what you mean. Yes, I know. When you produce three of something, it's easy to sell out. You see, and that's, a, that's not really an honest thing to say, because the truth is, it is selling pretty well. And PlayStation VR is selling pretty well. Nobody and being able to go it. into it. Nobody wants it. For the, the main reason they don't want it is because nobody wants to have a tank on their head while they're trying to do, you know, simple website surfing or, or things like that. No way. If you're on PSVR, you're in VR Elder Scroll and you're swinging that sword and, and you're hitting cleaving. your helmet as you're swinging you the sword. You're cleaving and you're having the time of your life. It is... It's not as accessible because of the price right now, but a lot of people are getting into it, and you're seeing a drive to that direction in terms of AR. No. We're seeing that with Pokemon Go and those other games. Uh, yeah, and Pokemon it. went. But listen, so 
these are all the same things, though. It's the same hack and slash game, first person fighter, whatever, whatever it is. Collect them all, and I mean, you know, sure. so so you you stick it on uh, a VR headset, right? But what does that have to do with programming? There's no more scientific artistry with the programming. It's still the same thing. It's still going to be boring code that is already pre-built, and you're just trying to get done whatever it is that your boss told you to do, and that's it. It used to be that somebody would sit there and think of a creative way to do something in a very efficient manner or in, in a workaround way that somebody wouldn't think would be possible with this equipment and get it done. Now, everybody just takes their, their hardware for granted and they just do flat code programming to the point where if there were ever someone to either you know come back from the grave who was an amazing programmer in the past or someone to just all of a sudden um, channel uh, the, the artistry from programmers of yesteryear, they, they would create incredible things because the hardware that we have now available to them and all of the software resources available to them, they would be able to do more than just realistic looking skins. I think you're just paying attention to, let's say, the majority high-level programmers. But ultimately, there are still people doing that. There's still people building new engines. There's still people working at DARPA. But an there's engine still is people, still... There's still people trying to program robotic arms to connect to your limbs and get it to react to No, you. no, 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 there's no, There's no, still no. programming happening. Yeah, but that's not a programming thing. That's flat programming. That's whenever it gets this signal, it makes this yeah. movement. That's not going to be super creative. The creative part is in the engineering for the connection of the arm to the human body nervous system. That's totally separate from what I'm talking about. I'm talking about purely for computer programming, right? So just okay. because you're making an engine, just because you're, you're making a video game, these are not new creative things, okay? These are just, you know, little tiny enhancements. You, you, the skin that you've made for the background texture looks a little bit more granular and, and realistic. Who cares? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, if they created a program using math, which is what a lot of programmers stopped using a long time ago because why, why use the math if, if the hardware can handle any inefficient code that you throw at it, right? So they're just like, you know, if this happens, then do this. They're just trying to make little things work that have already been done over and over and over again. But if you want to go into the artistry of it, you bring back in high-level mathematics. You make that computer do crazy things. The problem with that is it's usually a task or a project that influences that kind of change. Now, the problem is what's being demanded from people, from consumers, which drives all change, what's being demanded from consumers doesn't require high-level or new things to be created. No, people want Minecraft. People want build it and break it. People want the next Battle Royale. No, you could see little sparks of the creativity coming out here and there, and then yeah. they were just crushed. Where? Give me an so example. So you had, you had the distributed computing. That was big for like a year. And then it, it started to, to dwindle and now it hardly exists. That was where everybody could go download uh, a piece of software from uh, you know some sort of a museum or a hospital or a research center and then your computer every so often would donate CPU cycles yep. so that they could process the human genome and, and things like that. Now the hardware is, is so efficient and cheap and everything that they don't care anymore. So, exactly. they, so they don't program all these threads to go out there on the internet and have things processed. But it's exactly what I said. It was an idea. Someone came up with a spark and they went in, got it done to show that it could be done. And then what happened at the end? Society didn't want it because hardware is cheap. 
So that gets thrown away. And that's my point. My point is they need an idea. It's not that programming isn't developing or growing. It does well, grow. Look, You've seen it here's grow. A, here's another example. So you have cryptocurrencies, right? Absolutely. So that was a little spark. Yeah, right. agreed. It, it got the juices flowing. So mm -hmm. somebody came up with the idea and then everybody jumped on it and they started creating the, the mining and processing of the transactions and everything else. But there was no actual creativity beyond that initial idea. Even the initial idea is heavily flawed, but at least he tried. Yeah. And now everybody's doing it, but they don't bother to make it any more efficient. They're just letting it die because there's so much overhead. For example, on Bitcoin, where you have to log every single transaction, the blockchain itself is, is incredibly inefficient yeah. and has so much overhead. It's just immense. You have to keep increasing the storage, keep increasing the processing power for smaller and smaller payouts. It makes no sense. It's yep. going to die out. There is no longevity, uh, longevity to, to Bitcoin. So the spark was there. And then everybody just went, eh, we'll just, we'll just program it flat. And that's what, what ended up happening. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. The spark fires. And then if society demanded it to be perfected, then people would jump into it. Well, but this society is based... But, but this is different than, than your last uh, argument, right, for, for the, the processor sharing, the distributed computing. That one, you're like, yeah, people lost interest. They could just yeah. do it on their... Uh -huh. This is different. Bitcoin, everybody still has interest. No, everybody's using it as it is right now, so who Ex cares about it? Well, yeah. It? The point is that anybody who's making money off of it right now has an interest in it perpetuating. And yet, they're not doing anything to help it along. Because in order to help it, you would have to fix the blockchain. You would have to make the math more efficient, not have it need to log every transaction from the beginning of time, not reduce the payouts to the miners who are doing all the heavy lifting to perpetuate the currency. Because let me tell you, if you're one of these Bitcoin people who enjoys owning it and thinks it's an investment and, and buys stuff with it, or whatever, you may lose all your Bitcoin one day overnight just because all of a sudden it's not worthwhile financially yeah. for someone to manage a server farm with electricity costs, rent costs, personnel costs to, to handle your Bitcoin transactions when they have to do all sorts of weird calculations that are pointless. And it's that's just, why they turned into ASIC miners, right? That's why they've already started the ASIC mining migration. Well, so. but that's what I'm saying. But everybody runs into the same issue because nobody has fixed the actual math. Nobody wants to do that artistry. There are very few pure mathematical uh, programmers out there to do this work. Even if they did exist. And they are... I, I won't say that those pure mathematical programmers are in high demand, are in high supply, I should say, right? There aren't that many of them, you're right, because programming has become, the barrier to entry into programming has been lowered so that a lot more people can become programmers because that's the demand for them. So yes, your high-level PhD math candidate engineer that jumps in, those are few and far between, and they're not focused on Bitcoin because, again, we'll go back to the interest. That person that owns a million Bitcoin and has a financial motive to, to get programmers in there may not get the MathWiz programmer because that guy can get any job he wants, which we can tell. He gets to be the programmer that determines where he wants to go. And most times he ends up in somewhere like DARPA. What I'm saying is there would be more of these people if they wanted to be those people. A lot of these programmers have the mental capacity to be artists at it, but they choose not to because everything's been simplified so much 
that they just keep making the same old things over and over again. They program in a flat manner. They don't bother to look into the efficiencies of the hardware that they're working with to see if changing uh, one little algorithm might increase efficiency 50%. They, they don't care. They, they're relying on the fact that the end user's hardware is so advanced that any inefficiencies in their programming is, is going to be overcome and, by and, that. And that's now the way of the world. That's what I'm saying. It's like the art is no longer in the programming. The art is in the product that the programmer creates. And I'm saying that that is also losing the, the artistry and the imagination. Because look, what have they come out with that's new? It's all the same thing. Even your VR example existed when I was a child. And in fact, I would say that that Dactyl Nightmare <coughs> virtual reality was as good as anything they have today. No, it's when you look on it, it's in terms of fine-tuning for precision. It's in terms of engagement, immersion. I mean, and as you can see... That just see, sounds like marketing. And as you can see, if you actually take a look, honestly, on the technology itself, right? The hardware and the software. When the first Rift came out, it was bloated, had to sit down, connect to your computer, always be plugged in. Now you have the wireless version out connected networking seamlessly so it is improving now they have the the bigger field of detection around you with the rods that now give you a space set up where you can run around in and so they're constantly improving it and improving yeah, so that you experience don't run through in, it so you don't run into the dining well, room table absolutely and that's it's the same issue that's existed since when i was but a now child they fixed it. no they already had it fixed when i played dactyl nightmare i was on a pad that had a ring around me that kept me from going anywhere and then i had the controller and the little pad now the little controller allowed me to move in the virtual environment right the only thing that they would need to adjust to that to bring us to not only today's level but to what they'll probably come out with 10 years from now, which they could have already had, is to make the pad that I was standing on uh, a 360 degree treadmill. And then that's it. That's all they would have had to do. So they're just playing around. They're wasting time. They're not doing anything creative. But that's not it at all. They are doing more creative stuff than that because right now what you do is you build a square around you virtually. Just build that square around you, and then whenever you walk into the square, it actually vibrates and lets you know. So I mean, and, and it there's disables. A reason, there's a reason and why it disables the VR, so you know you're going into. Yes, and there's a reason why that hasn't been purchased by the masses. It's not just the price; it's the fact that it doesn't work. If you're already engaged in the game and you're fully immersed and you're excited and you're battling the monster and you're running, you're gonna save that princess at the last second, and then. You know, you're already mid-stride, and then you get the little bzzz, and it shuts off the VR. Too late! You're already jumping headfirst into the window, okay? So, it doesn't work. So you need more space, is what you're saying, which is completely no. okay. No, you need the technology from 20 years ago when I was a child. Just make the platform that I stood on a 360-degree treadmill, and you're done. But they're not interested in that. Everybody just wants to go to work, get their paycheck, come home, and do the bare minimum. That's all I it is. I don't disagree that there are some people out there that want to do the bare minimum. And everybody hates math it's, all of a sudden. It's disingenuous to say they're all like that. If you look on even not No Man's Sky as a game creator, just five people, just five guys that just wanted to create a great game. No, and they created a great burger. <laughs> they created an absolutely great game. Just a small team of people coming together, building procedurally generated planets and universes 
and interaction and a lot of this code they made themselves. I mean, the art is still there. Everybody can make code themselves. The moment you start programming, you're making code yourself. And, but that's not the and then when mathematical it comes together, artistry. And why did No Man's Sky not take off? It took off a lot later. No, it has taken it off. It still hasn't taken off. Nobody's it talking, nobody off. cares about that game. What do you mean people because, love the game? Because they didn't make it efficient enough. And you said it yourself, procedurally generated. Everything has been procedurally generated since the beginning of, of making I know. graphics. Awesome, on isn't it? Oh, yeah. Super awesome to have the same thing over and over and over and over again. All they've done is make the resolution of the skins higher and higher and higher over time. That is it. And that is all thanks to the hardware. Whoever is the engineers behind the hardware, you can thank them for that. There we go. It has nothing to do awesome with the programmers. Too. So the programmers are, are lagging. They need to up their game. They need to find new ways to display what, what the hardware is able to produce so that it's, it's seamless, it's fast, it's efficient. You, you can have different they are features. Fast. No, they no, are no. efficient. Not, they are seamless. The experience when you're playing not to are an all extent those that is significantly different from what we had 10 years ago. Again, here's where we run into that problem. It's what is it that you want that programmers have not been able to create? Because I think the problem here is not that the programmers are lagging behind, it's that they're creating what people want. People just aren't thinking a something that's outlandish. I mean, sure, Elon Musk is thinking about going to space, and I think he's one of let's, the only big things. Let's, let's come up with some ideas, right? So why don't we just expand on distributed computing or threaded processes or anything like that? So instead of just giving up on that because the local hardware got faster, why don't you just demand more from it? Why don't you want it to do real-time genetic sequencing? Okay? Why does it have to be just, oh, well, we've sequenced everything and it's fine, whatever? Okay, but every day there might be a mutation or a new sample that you want to, why not make it real time? Keep going with it. Demand more from it. But they don't do that. Exactly. But it's, it's not the programmers then, right? If the company doesn't want to demand it, no. the programmers aren't going to make it. You don't think it. the doctors and, and the researchers would love this? The programmers just gave up on it and they said, no, let's make, let's make better physics we're, we're for about, breasts on the video game that already had about, breast physics. We're talking about... The medical industry if they said we're going to put 20 30 40 million dollars towards this programmers are programming it it's just that simple you've got programmers programming for 15 dollars an hour the you put millions is, down they will come in well, and commit, yes and commit to it but here's the thing they did pay the money and the programmers did program something but it's not anything worthwhile they squandered the money because the programmers just said, "Oh, you want to genetic the uh, you want to sequence the genome? Okay, fine." So they made a flat program again. Okay, and then okay. now throw more money at it because that's that, how it works. No, that's so now look look where we're headed, right? The hardware engineers again are at it. You know, you got yes, the physicists absolutely. and everything. Hold on, They're hold on. Throwing money at them? No, 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 no. It, forget the money. Everybody's got money. But look, yeah. so so the hardware engineers are again destroying the software engineers. We're about to enter into the age of what they call quantum computers, which I don't want to call it a quantum computer because yeah. it's not really using quantum mechanics. It's just finding a way to store more than just zero and one. It's like mm -hmm. zero through 10 or whatever in, inside of a one little bit, but that's fine. But we're, it's still a leap over what we have exactly. right now. It's gonna push us forward. Fine, so, so you have the quantum computers coming out. What have the software engineers brought out? Here's the problem. On where are the magical algorithms? Here's the problem on where you're sitting with this, right? 
when you think about the hardware, you have dedicated hardware companies. So they're pumping money into developing this hardware, right? So hardware from the perspective of AMD, Intel, IBM, you have your hardware companies. Now, when you think of the software guys, the programmers, that's, that's you when you pick up a programming book. That's me. That is everybody and anyone that has interest. So it's more decentralized. So it's completely different, whereas Intel has $100 billion to create new hardware, and they're that's, doing it every year. That's a false analogy, because there's, there's plenty of corporations out there that only produce software. Yes, and they stick to their software, and as long as demand is met, and I'm okay they deliver it. with them sticking to their software. For yeah. example, if a company makes business software to manage customer relationships or something like that, yep. I'm okay with them sticking to that genre. Absolutely. However, I demand from them to come up with more efficient algorithms, more three-dimensional thinking, so that maybe it's not just a static page where you're just entering the information and it's just being data processed in the background. Maybe it's a more interactive, more intuitive system that predicts what you or the customer is going to need. I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, but they don't that get it. company that is making the software, even though you demand more from them, you might not be paying them. And their customers that are paying them, if they're not demanding more, then the company isn't going to make more. That's fine. But all of these companies, they all have money dedicated towards innovation for the future. Because at some point, they have expectations that a competitor is going to defeat whatever their current product is. I love where you're going with this. Agreed. But my problem is, is that even the, the innovation segments of these businesses are not innovating in an innovative way. Well, you don't know that, right? It's you don't know what you don't know. A lot of times... They will be innovating and they'll have the coolest things back there that does the most amazing things. However, they don't want to implement it because it may cause issues in production or live. So they just keep it on the back burner Okay, here's, here's as a, long as customers are happy. Here's a better example. They're not going to do it. Here's a better example. This actually came out. I think it was even from Sega. I remember in the arcade, you used to find a machine where... It was, it was kind of flat with like a half dome over it, right? And there would be a little bit of fog in there and you would see holographic images and you would be able to play the game and you would see three-dimensional holographic images in front of you. And this was a long, long yep, time yep, ago. Okay. So that already came out and then it disappeared and then everything was replaced I mean, with flat images again. I mean, I again. think we we'll see it in no, no, wait, parks, wait, right? Wait, wait. So then they came out recently, like in the past year, what they claim is a new technology yeah. where it's a little little tiny thing that, that spins or vibrates and it shines a light on it at a specific time so that you create that image and it looks three-dimensional and everything okay. and you can kind of touch it, but you might hurt yourself, you know, if you try to touch it, but it's, it's like the same effect. So you're telling me... That for 20 or 30 years, they already had something that did just as good of a job that was less than lethal. You know, you could actually stick your hand there mm -hmm. and nothing would happen to you. And now they've, they've recreated the same thing with something that could actually hurt you when you try to touch it. You know, I, I, I don't understand. It, it's, it's like they're forgetting all of the artistry they've already created. Then they do flat. Then they try to recreate it, and then it's worse than it was before. It's, it's just nobody's trying. I mean, There's no effort. I was about to say, actually, if, if both of those 
holographs that you're seeing there were designed two different ways. And the programmer that programmed this new one, honestly, it was just his personal project, his, his pet project that he wanted to realize and he was able to do it. Then at the end of the day, he, in his own way, he's trying to say he brought himself back up to, as you said, the genius programmer of that era. Now, from that perspective, sure, you'd have to show me a lot more. Because if you're saying to me that one guy in his basement did that, I'm like, yo, bravo, right? No, but I've, at the I've end of the day, you a few examples. No, but at the end of the day, though, it's again, I don't. I think the problem is hardware is centralized, software is decentralized, and usually not driven by the dream to push forward but driven by what do people want. And that's what I'm telling you is a false analogy because you have decentralized hardware manufacturing. There's all sorts of people. You can even go on, on the internet and watch videos of people building electronic I agree, of but you're talking about hardware companies that are delivering art over and over. And those are usually your Intel, AMD, and IBM. Those and are your three primary. And we still also have major software companies Look, any video game company is technically a high-end software company. And they are delivering, delivering nothing. quality over and over and over. There's no, a they're delivering the same thing over the and over. The video game industry is making billions upon billions upon billions yes, dollars. Because they've all year agreed. Over they've all agreed unanimously not to innovate anymore. They're like, we're just gonna give them RPGs, first-person shooters. And no, they're focusing on beauty. And yes, engagement, that's, because that's what people want. Engagement, it doesn't matter. That's marketing. Beauty is, is courtesy of the hardware engineers. But that's what people want. Like, if someone... Listen, I've heard at least a little bit of rumblings now that you're seeing people go, hey, you know what? MMOs are dead. And just to your statement, people are going, yeah, the video game industry is dead are dying, but then they started moving all these games to mobile, and now they're making even more billions of dollars. So that's where they're going to go. There's yes, no benefit those, that's to innovate. Even, that's even simpler programming. Exactly, because the demand isn't for art. The demand is just for but, accessibility. But listen, listen. With the artistry of programming, you could accomplish what you're saying, which is more profit, with with less you know uh, work or, or anything like that right you you're just you're just coding for the mobile platform let's say yeah right so here I got it for you many years ago mm -hmm. somebody who had uh, artistry in in programming through mathematics and just you know general scientific knowledge they made something where it monitors you and it knows where you are and as a result. It adjusts the image on the flat screen that you're looking at, and it's, to you, three-dimensional. Because its perspective changes as you move, as okay. if you're looking at a static three-dimensional object. Yeah. Okay? That technology was pretty amazing, and they could have moved forward with it, but nobody did. Instead, they're making the, the same old stuff over and over and over again. But think about it, right? Part of the prerequisites of that technology or dependencies of it is that it has to have some way to monitor the subject. Well, guess what? Every phone now has a camera that faces in the same direction Absolutely. of the screen. So, But the problem is that nobody wants to code in that complex fashion because now math is involved. So what you so now you have all those flat things when, when you could be looking at 
crazy awesome three-dimensional images without you needing any special hardware other than your cell phone that you already have. I think, yeah, I think they are kind of doing that. However, to that end though, again, we're back to the same thing, right? The end of the day, we look on a corporation that's driving all of this, what you're talking about, the big corporations. And you're right, when you said they're innovating, they only innovate as much as they can profit, right? And how do they profit? What is their profit? It's, you know, revenues, less expenses, right? If I can get 50 programmers fresh out of college that just knows uh, C Sharp and JavaScript, because that's what they taught them, and I can give them, to your statement earlier, Unreal Engine, and those 50 kids that I pay in total, maybe 1 million, over six months can make me Fortnite, which is just a battle royale where the world closes, and then I can make $200 billion. I don't, I'm not going to try to innovate. That's innovative enough. Well, you can build, I, and their innovation is I can steal from the Minecraft guy, which. The voxel, the building thing. Remember, that when it came out was innovation Listen, to people. You can innovate. Would you agree that? It's very that, simple. Would you agree that, you know, Minecraft, the whole being able to build with the blocks and the procedural generation world, he's the one that, at least to an extent, really kicked it off in the gaming space. Okay, it's innovative in a reverse manner because he just made something simpler. He didn't go more complex. But the beauty, and that's why I wanted to touch on it, and I'm glad he agreed with that, because remember, this was just one guy in his garage making this. Fine. It still only takes one person to do math, because everything else is already taken care of for you if you use a framework that already exists to do you know, the, the windows and, and the shapes and whatever. Yep. That, that's fine. And you can just focus on the hardcore mathematical algorithm that sets your program apart. Now, you said yeah. you said why would they want to innovate if they're making 260 billion off of, you know, some, some and less expenses. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's simple. You made the 260 billion, right? Mm -hmm. Why not just take half of that billion, which is 500 million and pay programmers to do something fancy. And that way you'll have that in your pocket so that the next time you're ready to launch something, it blows every other competitor out of the water. Well, we are doing that. And in addition to that, it only takes one person to utilize the things that already exist to make a game that's on, on a cell phone platform because you already have all the frameworks and everything. All you have to do is integrate that other technology that I just mentioned that, that monitors your eyes and makes the 3D image for you. So you integrate that, hopefully you do it using advanced math so that it's super efficient and seamless and amazing. And then you if have... it's built into the engine. And then you have... a a game that blows everything else out of the water, that follows your eyes. It's like better than the Mona Lisa, but nobody does it. Everything already exists. I'm not even asking at this point. You've negotiated my expectations down so much that all I'm saying is why don't you take the awesome technology that was already created 10 years ago and just combine it with the flat technology that has been around for the last 30 years and make something amazing. And I'm saying that chances are it is out there. Chances are it has been made. It's not that. And it's just drowned out in this sea of nonsense that's getting pushed out. It's not there because I'm looking specifically for that and I'm not drowning in anything. I specifically do not look at anything that has already been around for And then years. which platform? Are you looking on Apple? All are you of looking them. on iOS? Everything. And that's, that's what I mean. It's that it's kind of, I think it's kind of disingenuous 
to say that, you know, the art itself has died. It's I, don't, I don't think so. I just think that what's being pushed right now and what's being demanded right now is a lot of the same. Don't get me wrong. Well, look, have... what's, what's better evidence than us? Supposedly, we're two coders, and yet we're just doing the same thing as everybody else and making a podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. I don't disagree to an extent, but hey, you know what? You're also looking into math, but again, why aren't we diving deep and trying to make that new artistic programming thing? Because you know what? It's not in demand. Podcasts are in demand. Well, I'm doing it. I'm still looking into other things, but as I work on it, I would also like to be entertained by the work of others. You know, so just because you're an artist doesn't mean you don't appreciate other people's artistry. I agree. And maybe every other one that's trying to create that greatness and they're working towards it, they're doing the same thing. They're making podcasts. And that's probably why it won't get launched for the next 12 years. So maybe the, the art of programming still exists. The beauty of it still exists. It's just in progress. That's a long progress. Was your favorite advocate arguing on your behalf or have you discovered a new respect for the opposite view?